Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. I'm Jim Morrison of the Altera Group, and today we'll be speaking with Chowdhury Muzaffar, Principal Owner of Collateral Valuation Services. We'll be doing our ongoing series of international valuation, and we'll be delving into how valuation is done in the Middle East. Chowdhury, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to talk about this topic, but before we get into that, can you get us started with a little bit of how you got into the valuation industry? Yeah. So my path towards appraisal valuation was as a career changer. I graduated from uh, U of I, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign in 2000, and then was working in the financial services sector as a consultant for Ernst & Young for a couple of years. And then I went on the entrepreneurial path and got into my own business as a franchisee for a general nutrition center in the suburbs of Chicago and Skokie. So I did that for about three years. It was a good experience. I, I call it my like my mini MBA, you know, <laughs> And then after I exited that business, I wanted, I was trying to decide what to do. I had always had a passion for real estate. I grew up in the city of Chicago in a neighborhood called Uptown. And amazing thing was, is that we just had the most magnificent buildings in Uptown. All these uh, Uptown used to be like maybe the center for Hollywood at one point, they used to say. So you had all the theaters like Riviera Theater, Aragon Ballroom and Chicago Theater. You had all these buildings that you, you could tell they were just like, you know, well done and and nicely architectured and things of that nature. So it just really drew my attention to, to real estate. And I used to take the train downtown and then you see, you know, all the skyscrapers that we have in downtown Chicago. You kind of take it for granted, right? So I was always had this passion for real estate and I had my broker's license, wasn't really doing much with it. A friend of mine mentioned to me a career as an appraiser and I had no idea what he was talking about. So I happened to get in through that way. And there was a couple of appraisers at my brokerage and they had their own small practice. And uh, I spoke with them. I said, told, I told them, look, I'm interested in doing this. And they kind of created a path for me to get into the business. And that was my way to get in. So well, that's great. Uh, yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you. You know, when I first got into the business, I had never bought in a house at that point. So I had no idea what appraisal was either. It is funny, you know, what a small subset it is that know about it. So even though everybody knows about real estate, we need to get the word out on appraisal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, then you go take classes, right? And then you then you go train. So that was my way to get in. It was definitely an interesting way to get in. I don't recommend it for everybody, but you know, that was my way. So well, let's talk about your path and what led you to doing valuation in the Middle East. Yeah. So that was another interesting developing situation. So, you know, I, at that point in 2007, 2008, I had been in the business for a couple of years. And so you started to start to build a book of business. Being a Muslim and being uh, my parents are from Pakistan, you're kind of inclined to do business with people of your own culture and things like that. So so I picked up a client called Guidance Residential. They were based out of D.C., but they they did Islamic finance. And uh, I was kind of their go-to appraiser here in Illinois. So I was doing quite a bit of business with them. And then it's really slowed down in uh, the summer of 2008. I saw a job posting on the Appraisal Institute website where they were looking for an international appraiser. And that was about the only information they had. So I, it wasn't too much information. It was like, if you're interested in working internationally, apply or send a resume. So I did. I failed to mention I was in the military, so I traveled a little bit, right? So I wasn't. It wasn't like foreign to me to kind of go other places outside the U.S. And then being my parents being from Pakistan, I traveled there a couple of times, so it wasn't foreign to me to kind of go overseas, three thousand miles away either. I didn't consider it like a huge jump, right? I was always curious to understand 
what's going on in that part of the world. So, um, but anyway, I reached out and the, and, and the recruiter came back to me and he mentioned to me a position in Saudi Arabia. I was just actually, we, me and my wife were just married. So I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> at first. And then, but the summer of 2008, everything kind of shut down as far as business was going right uh from my standpoint and uh so i reconsidered that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh but come to find out i didn't know that much of the management team that was working for this company called guidance residential they had jumped ship and they were setting up a mortgage company in saudi arabia and so uh, i found out that later so it was a group of about 10 expats that went from the u.s to uh i think they were the second team to kind of help jumpstart this startup which was called okay. Salvi Home Loans. The more I learned about it, it just seemed really interesting. The more I kind of learned more about Saudi Arabia after you kind of, you know, kind of take all the other stuff away, it just became very interesting. It was like, you know, kind of a virgin market. They were trying to increase home ownership for their local citizens, right? And residential financing was one of the ways to do that. This was a joint venture between uh, a publicly listed developer and a regional bank there. And the IFC, which is arm of the World Bank, was involved. And then when I talked to the management team there and went through the interview process, it was a guy named Mike Scott and a couple others. And, you know, they kind of gave me their vision for what they were trying to do and what they needed from this position, which was going to set up the valuation department in the mortgage company to do. I can't say I was like completely qualified for the position, but I would say, because I was just in the business for about two and a half years at that point, but I, I would say that my skill set, you know, given my undergrad degree and kind of financial background and things like that played well. And then my cultural background played well into the role. One thing led to another, they presented an offer and on October of 2008, I found myself in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Wow. Well, let's take a quick break and then we're going to jump into that. Our first message today is from Cubicasa, and they've got some exciting product news. Cubicasa, the floor plan app, announced at the beginning of August, free floor plans are now available across the nation. The best part is it only takes five minutes at the property to complete a scan with no disto or measurement needed. In addition to the free version of the floor plans now offered in the U.S., Cubicasa will also be making available ANSI-aligned digital GLA products for as low as $15 per scan, as well as expanded options for you to configure the product to best meet your needs. Cubicasa's GLA software can be used in all 50 states to generate ANSI-aligned floor plans with exterior measurements. To find out more or to start your free scans, visit cubicasa.com. All right, and we're back, Chowdhury. Thank you so much. So when we left off, we were talking about you had just gone to Saudi Arabia and you were starting your valuation there. So tell us a little bit, some of the culture shock that was different from how the U.S. does their valuation and how it was done over there. It was totally a blank slate. You would have what you call, so real estate in general was an unregulated field, but you would have what they call per se brokers in the market, uh, people that knew the market, right? Mm -hmm. And people would, you know, rely on them. They were kind of playing, you know, doing it. They were doing it all, basically. They were brokers, they were valuers, they were, you know, kind of people that knew the market. So people would really rely on them. Some of them were affiliated with, you know, franchise businesses, like ERA was a franchise business in uh, Saudi Arabia that was done, done a lot of residential work. You had some of the other ones. I think Colwell was there. Uh, Century 21 was definitely there. And then you had a lot of local kind of offices, right? Uh, local real estate offices that you find here in the U.S. as well, right? right? So, but they were all un unregulated. So 
the challenge was was that okay how do you get consistent information from all these different vendors right so when i came aboard saudi home loans the goal was to kind of establish this department that would create a chinese wall between originations and valuations right so for a little time there i think you know before i got there they were kind of doing it all themselves internally yeah. they were saying they were being transparent but who really knows <laughs> right so, so you know so there was a lot of there was a lot to do on the front end in terms of establishing that, uh, kind of establish some internal controls, right, between the department and uh, other internal departments. But then the other part was, okay, how do you create this? Because we had, we were originating out of uh, our, one of our joint venture partners, Arab National Bank, they had 400 locations across the kingdom. So we would originate loans. So that means you would have to do appraisals all over the kingdom. And actually, Saudi Arabia is a pretty big country. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it would be, okay. how do you coordinate that? And how do you find vendors that are going to be able to provide you with the same information every time on a consistent basis? Right. What helped me was that, you know, working here in the U.S., you know, we use the good old URAR 1073 and 1004 and 1025. Right. So, I mean, but what you learn from that is that, okay, you're, you're the kind of consistent information that you always require on every assignment. Right. And the assemblance of those facts. Right. And then how to look at your neighborhood and, and all these different questions that you need to present. So what I did was uh, we worked together with our vendor partners. Right. We uh, we kind of shortlisted some of the bigger firms initially and then some of the more now well-known ones. And, and we worked together to kind of assemble a template that we would you know send to each one of our vendor partners. And that's what they would complete their assignments on. Now, the bigger challenge was was the language barrier. Right. Because. I spoke English. That was my first language. I didn't speak Arabic, but I hired some very good locals that helped me in that regard, where they were trustworthy and reliable, and they could speak both the local Arabic language and and, and English. So, you know, but we try to keep it as clean, as simple as possible, right, in terms of the information that we were requesting. And it was maybe like a five-page form, Right, touching on the sales comparison approach, the cost approach. Typically, they were doing everything via the cost approach, right? They would understand what the land value would be. They would understand what the cost of build would be. They didn't understand depreciation much or, or, or things like that or functional obsolescence, but that would be their approach to value. But gradually, we started getting more sales comps and having them collect that information, collecting pictures. The other dilemma was is that they didn't have street addresses in Saudi Arabia. So it's not like in Chicago, Illinois, you know, you live at a certain address. So they use PO boxes. So your mail is always sent to a PO box, which is not necessarily correlated with your exact address. Right. So we started, yeah. So we started using GPS coordinate to kind of get around that hurdle. So these are all the dilemmas that were kind of happening, but it, it, we developed a good relationship with our vendor partners for the most part, you know, and kind of continue to build out the department that way. We were doing maybe 250 to 300 appraisals a month. You know, yeah, that's so, so amazing. I didn't even think about that with the street addresses, like having to use a completely thing. So were the yeah. forms, were the forms that were you were using? Was that something you created and just based on what you knew um, yeah. for them, or, or or was there a lot more long form description of the property rather than you know check a box? Because I do understand with the well, language barrier. Yeah, so uh, I mean, initially on the front end, it was kind of creating this template form. It was done in Excel, but it was based off a URA AR type of form. We definitely try to simplify it as much as possible with giving them options to check mm-hmm. rather than having to narrate uh, too much, but. 
obviously there's portions where you have to. Yeah. So there was, there was segments within that template that they had to, and we would educate them on that. So the great thing was, is that we had a great facility at Saudi Home Loans. So we had a great conference room where we could hold events and invite people and do things. And, and so we would invite them over and, you know, we would provide training on, on some of that stuff. So gradually they got better and better and they appreciated it, to be honest with you. I think a lot of them were curious. Mm-hmm. You know, what you find is that a lot of the real estate people in these markets, they want to learn too. And they're curious. They want to be the best at what they do. So they're always curious to understand what the best practices are, right? We we kind of, our guidelines were with the international valuation standards, right? Um, so we adopted that as our kind of main guidelines. And then the RICS was big in the region. So we kind of I worked with uh, some Red Book standards and the RSES as well from that front. Well, that's great. I'm going to take another quick commercial break and then we'll get back and finish this up. We've got another announcement for you from the Appraisal Institute. The Dictionary of Real Estate Appraisal 7th Edition is a landmark text that reflects the depth and breadth of appraisal knowledge. Each entry, definition, and reference has been painstakingly researched and designed to reflect an expert understanding of the issues that currently impact the profession. The new dictionary is an essential authoritative resource for all appraisers. To purchase, visit appraisalinstitute.org slash dictionary seven. Well, welcome back. Chowdhury, you talked a little bit about the different lenders in Saudi Arabia. Can you tell us a little bit more about how those loans ended up? You know, was there an entity that bought them like they they do in the US or is was it handled differently? Yeah. So that was one of the main reasons to set up the valuation department was to create transparency around the real estate sector and specifically assets that were, you know, lent upon. One of the main kind of goals for Saudi home loans was to tap into the capital markets and do what they call a sukuk, uh, which is a bond issuance. And for that, you know, they would need transparency around the real estate that, that was lent upon. But I think it was a gradual process. There was no regulation when Saudi home loans was first uh, started. Uh, we were waiting on the mortgage law to get passed, uh, which eventually it was much, much further down the line, though. And they always had this vision to kind of set up a similar entity to like a Fannie or Freddie. And I think they have now. It's called the Real Estate Holding Company, which kind of pools all these mortgages together and lets all the banks and and, and lenders recapitalize. But for the most part, while I was there, all the banks and lenders like Saudi Home Loans, they held on to loans they originated, right? So it was quite a challenge for Saudi Home Loans because we went through our initial kind of funding very quickly. But gradually, I think Arab National Bank and and Darla Khan, they stepped in and they figured out a way to recapitalize us and and we continued to originate. Well, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And it's good to see that they've done that. Let's move forward in time. You're back in the U.S. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with your current company, Collateral Evaluation Services? Yeah. So, you know, I'm back in the U.S. I'm back in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Me and my wife, we have four lovely kids. So we're just kind of raising our family, doing what, you know, doing what you do at this point. You know, my company, Collateral Evaluations, is an appraisal company here based uh, right outside of Chicago, Des Plaines, Illinois. And I service the seven counties in the Chicagoland area doing both residential and commercial work. I enjoy appraising. It's given me the opportunity to travel the world. I, I do take assignments, you know, overseas once in a while as I see fit. But uh, my main focus these days is doing work here in Chicago and the surrounding areas. Well, thanks so much, Chowdhury. It was so interesting to hear about that. And you know, having a new country that we haven't heard about, it's its really interesting. And your story of setting all that up is just really interesting. I think our, our listeners will really enjoy it. Well, appreciate you having me. And uh, thank you. 
Well, we appreciate your time. And thanks again to all of our listeners for joining us and our sponsors for helping us put these on. If you have any ideas for a future podcast or would like to be interviewed, reach out to us at comments at appraisalbuzz.com. Thanks and have a great day.